Uh, good morning, this is Mark Collins on Wave 105. My guest this morning is uh, James Blunt. Good morning, James. How are you? Good morning indeed. Very good to see you. And you. How have the past 18 months been for you? Do you know what? It's, uh, it, it started very sadly. Obviously, I was on a, on a world tour. Supposed to be a year long. I only got it one month in, reached as far as Germany, and, uh, and then had to cancel and send everyone home, buses, trucks, crew... Um, but there, you know, there were other. There were some benefits of going home. I hadn't been home really for seventeen years. Probably discovered things at home I didn't know even existed, like children. Um, and uh, and you know, and it was a time to settle. And that's, I suppose, why I'm putting out this greatest hits now. It was a great time to reflect on what the hell had just happened. Yes, and and whilst you were at home, did you get into the homeschooling? Larky? No, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> mine were too young. But, um, but you know, I did do a ton of things I, um, that I should have done years ago. You know, I'm surrounded by forest where I live in Ibiza, up in the hills, and I need to go and clean out dead wood. And I spent a year, you know, with a chainsaw trying to be manly. Oh, wow, that sounds really good fun. Yeah. Did you write songs at the same time as well? I did, yeah. And um, and so I, I was writing really with a new album in mind. And then the record label called up and said, hey, we're going to put out a greatest hits, but we're going to put on some new songs to go with it. Um, have you got anything? And I said, yeah, you know, absolutely. I've got some great songs that I was lining up for another album. So, um, so, so go with these. Because last time we spoke was for the After Love album. And you'd written about 100 songs for that and whittled it down to one album's worth. So what happened to those ones? Could you still recall them and think, oh, that, that would be quite good now? Weirdly, I suppose, um, those the songs you kind of write at a certain stage in your life kind of live and dwell at that stage and, you, and life moves on. And so these are very much you know, new songs that I've written um, for where I am right now. And I just think they're better songs. Oh, good. Excellent. You didn't get involved in any of that kitchen disco stuff either. No. Um, I didn't really do much kind of... Uh, uh, I didn't do many concerts from home. I thought the nation had suffered enough. Oh, that's... that's you're, you're too modest sometimes. You're so, very, you're so self-deprecating and, and so modest. And I want to talk about that as well in a minute when it comes to the um, the new video. So let's talk about the new album. It's caused, called The Stars Beneath My Feet, 2004 to 2021. It's out on the 19th of November. And it contains four new songs... So were these four part of the new batch that you wrote? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, they're the best. They're the best ones, really. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, I'm still in a record deal. I've still got albums to make. Um, I mean, although it's the greatest hits, and you think is that is that it over? I, I've been promised. I'm still signed. That actually did occur to me because when you put out a great hits, you think ah. It's um, to an end. Well, no, it just uh, for me it was just seemed like a really good time to reflect on what had gone on, and you know the the great thing about this for me has been um, rather than just choosing my top twenty songs on Spotify, um, I, it was an opportunity to go and find songs that meant something over my seventeen years on the road. So I've got um, a fantastic performance from Glastonbury Pyramid Stage um, in there, a song called "I Really Want You." I never nailed it in the studio, but I can do it live really well. Um, so I've got my best live version of that going on this album. I've got a song called Smoke Signals, which really is my favourite song I've ever written and recorded. Um, and yet it was on just an extended version of an album. Uh, and, and an extended version, that's really hard to find. No one, you know, no one's heard this song really as, as a result. So instead I can say, no, no, that's a special song. Let me grab that and put it on this um, new album that's coming out, The Stars Beneath My Feet. Um, and it's for me, you know, if, it's, if I was ever to only put out one album, this is, this is that album. So what makes that particular song your favourite or the best you've ever recorded? It's just a very, very beautiful um, recording um, and, and, a, and, a, and a really pretty song. Simple as that. Yeah. Simple as that. Let's go back to those four live recordings because they're recorded live in London, Paris, New York and Glastonbury, as you said. 
Um, you've done Glastonbury, what, three times? Exactly. Um, I did the drum peel stage. It was just, I think, called the new band stage when I played there many years ago. And, and amazingly, been on the pyramid stage a couple of times, and, and I have never had more fun. It's a, it's a wonderful place to go. And I watched yesterday the video of Goodbye, My Lover um, from that performance in 2008. How did you not cry? Uh, well, or were you close? Well, you know, I do. Uh, I, I've sung the song a, f- a fair few times, so that's probably why I don't necessarily cry. But yeah, but I do, whenever I'm performing any song, I really try and go back to where the song came from and try and, you know, uh, perform it with all the emotion that, that, I, that, that you need to, um, that, the, that the audience demand, really. Because I had a little lump in my throat just watching it from, well, how many years ago is that? Yeah. 13, 14 yeah, years? Yeah, I mean, it's a really sad song. For me, actually, on my first album, you know, Back to Bedlam, um, uh, you know, was, I was lucky that the album sold in the way that it did, but the song that I will always be known for from that album is You're Beautiful. But for me, the song that's much more personal is Goodbye, My Lover. Let's talk about the video then to Unstoppable. Talking earlier on about how self-deprecating you are and and um, and how you look at... you. you you like you can sometimes laugh at yourself, can't you? Would you say? Absolutely, and if you can't, then then I'd be I'd be in the wrong business. Um, you know, this is a business of highs and lows, um, and uh, and you know, I've I had I've had some great highs, and then with that, when you're when you're in the in the public eye, you can expect some criticism as well. And I suppose it's human nature to dial in on that that negativity sometimes and be overwhelmed by it. Um, and instead, I've I've. I've had a moment where I've realised, hang on, I'm really lucky. You know, next year I'm playing in arenas around the UK. I'm playing Wembley Arena. Um, why would I get upset by a couple of negative things that I can find on Twitter? Um, uh, uh, and and so yeah, so I so I've made this video where um, yeah, I'm, I'm one man band. I've got a drum on my back um, and uh, and a guitar on my front, and I'm playing my song. And as I come around the corner, of the audience or the people in the street are just trying to escape from the noise, it's and their like ears, are, ears are bleeding, coming. and yeah. um, and 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 I, and I get to really see the, the visually the pain I inflict on people it's quite but it all turns around, around in the end and the guy the big guy with the beard loves you yeah um, and so yeah I was thinking in, I've called the song Unstoppable but maybe I should just call it Persistent <laughs> yes definitely um, now you've performed I've always wanted to ask whenever I interview people I, I always want to ask this question because when you perform all over the world and you and you have to do the promotion side for gigs, new albums, new singles, or whatever. You must get invited in various different countries onto various chat shows, etc. Have you ever been on one of these chat shows with another guest? We thought, oh my goodness, I'm on with so and so. You've been, I don't know, what's the word, um, overawed by a fellow guest on a chat show. And um, do you know what? I haven't ever been over overawed, and, and I don't think we should look uh, at people who are musicians and actors and really consider them to be anything greater than anyone else. And I and I have been really lucky. You know, I was on Graham Norton with Robert De Niro and Bruce Springsteen um, and Kevin Rudd, who is uh, awesome, um, and Sienna Miller. You know, an amazing lineup of actors um, and musicians. But I think you know it's really worth us remembering in life um, that. You know, we just musicians are just cool jesters. We just, you know, tinkle along with the music, and maybe the pandemic's really shown us that more than ever before That's that true. we are defined as non-essential workers, and doctors and nurses are essential workers, as are our, you know, truck drivers who bring us our food, and um, um, and people who who supply and stock supermarkets. These are essential workers, and I think you know it's been a pretty good reminder um, of of the importance of various people. 
who would you put on a pedestal? Those who previously just mentioned? Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I was lucky enough when I served in the army um, to witness uh, a group of an organization called Medicine Sans Frontières, which means uh, Doctors Without Borders. And ahead of me, as a reconnaissance officer, I was, I was at the front. Um, but ahead of me all the time were these doctors and, uh, and nurses and their helpers who uh, had volunteered to go and help civilians. And civilians are obviously the ones who suffer most in wars. Um, and they went there without security, um, just you know, giving up their time. Off, off, Often their lives um, to to look out for um, for people, and I think you know, God, you know, if you can't put those people on a pedestal, yeah. then the world is messed up. Guess what I got for Christmas last year? <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> uh, now, as this is radio, we have to. Well, do you know? I don't know if I can read out the title of the book. Yeah, of course you can. No, not, you okay. can. Absolutely, there's not. There's nothing rude about that. It's it's a book by me, and it says how to be a complete and utter blunt. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, and I love it. It's, Thank you. Uh, it's it's basically your um, your best tweets. Yeah, it's a kind of in diary form, isn't it? Um, yes. Of uh, of my uh, life on life online, um, my social media experiences, um, and when I you know started out. I, I was kind of taken aback how rude and horrid people are to each other online, and and then I found if I was just rude and horrid about myself, <laughs> then, but, then um, it, it took James, the sting. It took the sting out of it. You have a very potty mouth. I do. My <laughs> wife is my wife is horrified. So do I. And people say, "How do you not swear when you're on the radio?" Uh, and I don't I don't know the answer. So what I normally do is I normally write a tweet and then I show it to my wife as a draft and if she shakes her head and says no, then I press send. Yes, that's the best way to do it. Here's one from an Irish. I've picked out two of my favourites, if you don't mind. Uh, at James Blunt. I broke up with my girlfriend because she likes your music. She's obviously deaf. And you've replied, if she was your girlfriend, she was probably blind as well. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. No, it's not. Here, here's another one. Um... Oh, this is great, this one. James Blunt has an annoying face and a highly irritating voice. And you've replied, and no mortgage. That'll That's, do. So do they, do they just come to you or do you, do you mull it over for a few hours? Like, right, what's going to be the best acerbic wit I can use in my reply? Do you know, I'm pretty quick now. Um, I think the what I have learned when I first uh, was asked to be on Twitter by my record label because they said, you know, come on, you know, we've got to do social media, you've got to do it, and you've got to flog your albums and flog your music through that. And then I saw some, you know, negative uh, um, messages <laughs> written to me. Then initially, you know, your kind of blood gut comes up and you want to respond with something emotional. And then I realised actually it's much better to put it down and and if you want to write something back, come back when you just don't care, you know. Yeah. And and it's a really weird world, and I've said it before. I get to play to thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, and yet I can be upset by the one or two negative comments online. So really what I do is I come back when I'm able to laugh at myself, um, come out and laugh and say, this is ridiculous. Why, why am I even you know, concerned about this person who's probably upstairs in their parents' bedroom, uh, in, their, in their parents' house, in their own bedroom, still living with their parents, probably with their trousers around their ankles. Yes. Um, and, you mentioned uh, this last time, actually. I gave, right. I gave you the line, the left-handed mouse. Exactly. There you go. Um, and why would we? Um, why would we be upset by them? But um, so yeah, I, I've, I've developed a thicker skin, and now I can fire them off faster. Because also, in you mentioned that you did some hospital radio as well. Did you? I did. Yeah, again through the pandemic, I flogged it. I put out a book. I was really milking it. Um, I, I put out a book, putting out a greatest hit through a pandemic. But I did um, do a, a, a radio show in hospital. So how did yeah. you find it? 
Well, you, this side. well, you've got a pity, really, again, the poor person who's caught COVID, they thought they're getting through it, now the COVID hits harder, they find themselves in hospital, and worse still, as they're going down the <laughs> corridor, they've got Blunt doing a radio show in the hospital, like, it's purgatory. <laughs> I, well, I started out in hospital radio, and there were certain songs that we weren't allowed to play. Really? And this was during There's the really night. sad ones. No, no. Fergal Sharkey, A Good Heart is Hard to Find. We weren't allowed to play that. That's silly. It is silly. I know it's silly, but... It's a really lovely song. It's a great song, but just in case somebody on the cardiac ward... Yeah. It would, would have made them sad. I mean, because that would bring humour to the situation. Exactly, and that's, that's what... They, they, they need. They humor need. Humour is a great cure. Yeah. Yeah. And Eurovision, you know, I've also read in this that, you you know, if, if you had asked to do Eurovision, we'd never get zero points. Exactly. Well, you know, I live in Europe, so I feel like, you know, I'd be, a, 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 a dip, the, I'd be the diplomatic choice. Yes. Um, and so that's why I'm throwing my hat in, absolutely. I think you should. Yeah. I think it'd be great. Can't wait for the call. Will <laughs> <laughs> we will never get null point if you do the, the, uh, the Eurovision Song Contest, James. Finally, um, I recently found out in the last 10 minutes or so um, that you're going to spend Christmas on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, what better place to spend it? It's a really pretty part of the world, yes. isn't it? Um, and so, you know, you know, a little Airbnb um, and take the family down there. Brilliant. Well, have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you so much. Um, and enjoy the Isle of Wight. I hope it's lovely and sunny for you because there's some beautiful places to go and visit there. And great to talk to you because I know that, you know, my mother's a huge fan and <laughs> will be, we'll be listening in. Hello, Mum. This is your mum's favourite radio it station. It really is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm quite chuffed about that. I told, yeah, yeah, I told we, my I was, mum when you Yeah, I was born and bred in, in, in Hampshire. Yeah. Well, the new album from James Blunt is called The Stars Beneath My Feet, 2004 to 2021. It's available from Friday the 19th of November and James will be touring next year, February 2022, opening his gigs at the Brighton Centre on the 3rd of Feb. James, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. So good to see you.